Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanzi Attacchio. And this is Juliano Clary. Uh, match day nine is complete in Serie A. A lot of drop points. So we're going to first start with last midweek. Uh, few ups, lots of downs in Europe. Uh, we're going to read right through them, and then we're gonna we're just going to talk about them. Uh, first up, uh, Milan falling to Porto in round three. Milan fans going to feel hard done by by the way Porto scored. But it was a matter of time in that, in that game. I mean, Milan showed didn't show any fight in that game. Porto was all over them. Uh, but now with the way the standings sit, because of Liverpool's perfect record, uh, Milan sitting bottom of the group with zero points. Uh, Atletico Madrid and Porto both on four points. And Liverpool, of course, up top and clear at nine points. So not technically out yet, but it looks very, very bleak. For yeah, them. they're going to they're gonna have to go 3-0 and in their last three games. That's, yeah, a, that's highly... That's a big ask. Yeah, with the amount of injuries they have and they've picked up, yeah, it, it, it's too much for this Milan team to be doing City A and Champions League yeah, full throttle. Exactly. Uh, on to the from one Milan team to another, Inter bringing Sharif back down to earth. Big victors there. One of two must-win victories for them. So they're one for one right now. Yeah, it's a good it's a good result. It's a result Inter needed because they've been so unsuccessful in Champions League. Can't yeah. win games, can't score goals. They struggle for whatever reason. So Sharif, although it's probably the weakest opponent they've played in Champions League. In uh, in recent years, it's still an important result, I think, for the psychology of this team, big time. Uh, so with the way Group D sits now, after three games, Real Madrid putting a pounding to Shakhtar. So Real Madrid and Sharif both up top, one and two, on six points each. Inter now starting to climb. Third place, four points, and then Shakhtar at the bottom. Uh, moving on to the next game, next uh, next group, Italian group here. Atalanta up two nothing on Manchester United. You think it's over, and then Manchester United just come out in the second half and yeah, we we come back and take the three points. Yeah, we predicted pretty much Atalanta. We're gonna give Manu a run, but it's something all the Italian teams lack this killer instinct, and we're gonna see it in the City A as well. The Italian teams, for whatever reason, lack killer instinct. They take their foot off the pedal. They like to drop deep after they take leads. Atalanta did the same thing. I know, albeit, yes, they have injuries. Gosens, Demerol got injured, had a big game. You called that Christian. If he had a big game, they would be in it. The second he was taken off, it, it fell apart. Uh, it took, I think, an 89th minute Ronaldo header to clinch the win. Um, but it was a game Atalanta should have won. That's the game that was the mis- most disappointed for me, the, the, the effort they put in the pressing. And then Gasparini who's supposed to be one of the best managers in Serie A, he does not make tactical adjustments to the squad coming into the second half. He just leaves his team open, a team, and that's the way Man U loves to to play against. They love to play against open teams. Yeah. Uh, and that's where Man U thrives, and Atalanta played right into Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's hands in that in that match. And as we, as we saw this weekend, for anyone that watched the Man U-Liverpool game, yes, Liverpool's probably... Uh, a notch above a lot of teams, but they do not stop. They go up a goal. They do not take their they foot off the gas. They keep going, and they hammered Man U five nothing. There's no reason why Atalanta couldn't have done that. Yeah, they're there for the taking. But these Italian teams, for whatever reason, they lack the killer instinct to, to win games like this, and it, and it could bite Atalanta in, in the 
in the butt a little bit. Yeah, it can. I mean, now where Atlanta sits, just based on goal differential, they're sitting third in the group, tied on points, four points with uh, Villarreal, and Manchester United uh, moving up top of the group. And this is what Gasparini did against Paris Saint-Germain, too, in the semifinals of yeah. Champions League. He, his team played the same way the entire 90 minutes. It's not acceptable. you got to know when you're losing the grip of the game, when to tighten things up. Gasparini, he surprises me how in-game he's not able to change things. Yeah, I think Gasparini is very one-dimensional. It's He's got one system and that's it. Yeah. He, he lacks a plan B. He lacks a plan to tweak. And that ultimately hurts him. And this was the perfect opportunity to take advantage of a Manchester United that is just reeling right now. Reeling. They are, they're, Manchester United are a disaster. Yeah. And uh, the good thing is, I mean, they get, they get another crack at United. I just don't know if they can do it. The belief they, should they be sh- there. It, the belief should be there. The advantage should be there for them because, man, you have to play Man City, Chelsea in yeah. the next little bit. Uh, I think they play Arsenal too. So, like, Manchester United's schedule is ridiculous. Yeah. So, at the lot, if they don't take advantage of their next fixture against Man U at home as well, then it's it's over for them. This yeah. is a team they should be beating. This Man yeah. U team is not – they're nothing special. This this might be their their Champions League season on the line in the next game. Yeah. The good thing is they are in Bergamo, so it will they will have the home crowd with them. But the way, again, the way uh, Atalanta sits, they sit third in the group, tied on four points with Villarreal, and uh, Manchester United leading that group. On to the final team, Juve, one nothing, boring game against Zenit. <laughs> boring game, Dicilio the star. Yeah. Um, yeah, boring game. I mean, that's that's been Juve. Juve up until this weekend have been just boring one no wins not playing fantastic just getting the job done uh allegri's made some tactical adjustments which i'll talk more so about in the intergame but uh they're just they're playing solid i think after the goals are leaking in allegri's main uh target right now has been get those clean sheets and he's been doing it up until the weekend and uh zenit was another yeah example that zenit tried to play the uv way and sit back so Juve kind of brought the game to them but with really no no standout stars. No standout stars. No big threat. But they got the job done, and it's another yeah. three points. They're into the next round now, pretty much. Yeah. And that's that's it. They got the job done in the group stage. They did. They did. So, congratulations to Juve on perfect record so far in that group. Uh, they are sitting on top of the group, and then Chelsea's right behind them with six points. But the other two, we already know who's coming out of this group. It's going to be Juve and Chelsea. Yeah, it's one of the weaker yeah. groups, right? And they both know that. Uh, let's move on to the Europa League. So Napoli smacking Legio Warsaw around 3 nothing in Napoli needed to happen. Were you surprised by that? No, not surprised by that. I think the game will be different in the, in the return leg in Warsaw. Like I said, Warsaw, that stadium in Warsaw where Legia plays, it's their stadium. It is a very intimidating environment to play in. Uh, the only thing Napoli can really take advantage of is the fact that Legia Warsaw are extremely poor this season. Um, the fact that they're top of the group still is, I, I think it's, it's an anomaly, um, and and they should be proud of that. But I think Napoli should have way too much to handle. Yeah. Like, yeah, which we will preview when that return leg does happen. But uh, not surprised by this at all. So Napoli showing their dominance. Yeah, they they like you didn't even get a shot on net. No, and Sydney was on fire that game. It was just complete total domination. Yeah. Uh, Napoli, yeah, they look fantastic. They, they do. look fantastic. They do look fantastic. Finally bringing the city out form into Europe. Into Europe. Yeah. Finally. 
much needed. On to our other Italian team, Lazio, 0-0 with Marseille. Yeah, this I was a bit, like I said, Lazio is that team you cannot put your finger on. It's a it's a difficult team to kind of yeah. to judge. And, and again, which is weird, is Sadi's not really rotating the squad. He played Immobile, Felipe Anderson, Milinkovic, Savic, yeah. Acerbi, Felipe, Maurizic, Lazzari. I mean, Peperina got the start. I mean, didn't get the start, but for the most part, it's, a, it's the same 11. Very yeah. little rotation. Luis Alberto, actually, the biggest thing, he's been dropped again. Um, I think there's obviously something, something going, going on. on. Yeah, because he liked a, a message on social media that was anti Sadi. Uh, so something's going on there. It looks like Luis Alberto, as long as Sadi's there, his days are going to be numbered. Yeah. He's just making substitution appearances. Uh, not looking good for him. No. There, definitely who not was looking, yeah. one of the best players in City out last year. Yeah. So very strange to see what's happening there. I know Sadi doesn't like his the way he presses in the games but is that an excuse i don't know I, I find it absurd that you leave a talented player like that on the bench the way lazio the way they drop points yeah to me it's not right you find a way to fit him in the team but again lazio draw against a marseille that they should realistically they should have yeah they should have this is a you know like Milik played paye under it's a it's a talented team of guys that haven't really done it previously much. in their career but uh you know paulo lopez and that had a good game just yeah they're not they're not again don't have the killer instinct lazio no that's the problem with a lot of the italian teams yeah and surprisingly still sitting in second place in that group yes and, and that's that's the shining light on all of it i mean like they played good they created the chances they missed four big chances in this game four the finishing just wasn't there yeah uh, which is killing them right now. Unless Chido gets a penalty, he really doesn't score anymore. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, but anyway, a draw for Lazio. Yeah. And then just to wrap up here, <laughs> this, Sorry. this past week, uh, Roma suffering a humiliating 6-1 to one loss to Bodo Glimt up in Norway. Dio. Jose Mourinho's worst loss in his entire career. Going uh, down in the history books. Going down in the history books. And uh, heavily rotated squad, and he came out in the media after saying the our, he has 13, 14 good players. That's what Roma has. Uh, after that, there's nobody. So he's got no rotation, and he basically said that the B team. What a ridiculous statement to make. Yeah, the B team is it doesn't have the quality of Bodo Glimt, and I'm sorry, that's that's kind of pathetic. I think yes, Roma didn't show up for this game. But I think Roma more so were set up to fail in this game. Yeah. So tell tell me the starting lineup. How were how were they set up to fail? So basically, you have a four, basically a four three two one, same Mourinho, same tactics, same with the tactics, through ro- totally rotated his squad. You have Brian Reynolds, Rodri Banyas, Mirage Kambula, Ricardo Calafiori in the back, Ebrima um, Darbo, Amadou Diawara in the center defensive mids. And then at the top three attacking mids, you have Carlos Perez, Gonzalo Villar, and Stefan El Sharawi and Borja Mayoral up top. And so it's a heavily rotated squad with guys that have not seen many minutes, if any at all, up until this game. And it just set up to fail, in my opinion. Uh, Marash Kambula having a horrendous game. Brian Reynolds was excited when he first came in. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, not excited anymore this guy is this guy was definitely 
He had a fluky season at FC Dallas, and he's going to be nothing more than a championship caliber, uh, City of B caliber player. He doesn't have what it takes to be on a top team like Roma. He clearly shows a lack of any kind of tactical awareness. Not a good right back at all, in my opinion. So I agree with Jose Mourinho. I don't think Brian Reynolds is there. He needs to go. I feel bad for Marash Kambula. I don't think his season at Hellas Verona was a fluke by any means. I just think he's not being used properly. He's set up to fail here, especially with Jose Mourinho. At the end of the day, we know what Jose Mourinho does with youngsters. He can't, he, he can't develop them. No. In, okay. Yes and no. He's, he's brought in some names in the past. Like at Porto, he brought in some young players uh, through the ranks. For the most part, yeah, he has a track record of, of giving up on young kids. De Bruyne, yeah. Mohamed Salah, and Lukaku. He thought none of them were good enough, and he let them go. Yeah. Uh, he does prefer his veteran players. Of course he does. And, and for me, Mourinho, we'll, we'll make this about Mourinho a little bit. We know Roma, whatever, 6-1, Bodo Glimt. At the end of the day, they're still going to come out of the group. It's a terrible result. Yeah. But let's make this a little about, about Mourinho, because in the media, he was getting destroyed. Uh, um, he needed it. He, he should take it. blame he for did, this. He did need it. He definitely needs to take blame for it. You can't... So with Mourinho, you can't doubt what he's done in his career. No, okay? you can't. He started around, what was it, 2002, I think, at Sporting Lisbon, something like that, and then worked into Porto where he started making a name for himself, won Champions League, won the leagues there. The first decade of his career was phenomenal, leading up to Inter. He won everything. Chelsea, he won. Porto, he won. Inter, he did the treble, of course. But what people seem to forget, and this isn't to take away from his achievements, he's always inherited... One, the richest team in the league, and B, a team of established stars. Now he's at Roma, again, not the richest team, and he's he's struggling. The struggles are there. Sure, sure they are. But the struggles are there because Mourinho, he's always wanted and was always able to get the big names. For me, this is his problem. He's always been able to get the big names. At Chelsea, when they were the richest club in the world, they could purchase anybody. If anybody goes looks at the, at the season, I wish I had it on my uh, phone right now. The transfers, the players he brought in, the year uh, they won the Premier League, the list is out. Is, it's unbelievable the players he brought in and the amount of money that Chelsea spent. Um, after he left those teams, goes to Real Madrid. He went up against the best Barcelona ever. Uh, he did win the league once. Great achievement, but that's when it that that was a turning point. He was never able to get a team that was at the top financially. Yeah. The the landscape of football has changed in the last 10 years. Now you got PSG, Man City. They're bringing money that's inflated the market. It's completely changed it. Now you got to pay 100 million plus to buy a, a superstar. No team outside of those two can spend that money. You look at Spurs and Roma. They're very similar in what they their purchase and power in their respective leagues. Roma can't go out and buy the best superstars. No. So... That's why, from the beginning, I thought Mourinho, the appointment was terrible. We know how he is. If he doesn't get his way, if he doesn't get the players he wants... He starts complaining. He starts complaining. He starts throwing his toys out of the pram, and he, he causes a, a big stink. But the Friedkins, you got to kind of blame them, too. Why are you bringing in this guy when you know he's like this? Yeah. I don't know what was said in the interview. No one does, except those two. But why are you bringing this guy in? His track record shows if he doesn't get his way, if he doesn't get the top players, he's not going to be a success. Yeah. And there's only... Now and he's three, not going to stick around. Like I said already, there's only three teams that have the financial power to buy any player they want. Newcastle now, Man City, and PSG. No one else does. Barcelona can't buy anyone they want. Real Madrid can't buy anybody they want now. Man U, they kind of can. 
Chelsea can't. The 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 dynamic has shifted from what yeah. it was ten years ago, and and now that he's at Roma, I want to see Mourinho coach the team. Yeah, you're you were hired to coach. Yeah, first and foremost, that's your that's your title in the club is a coach. So why aren't you coaching? Why aren't you coaching these young guys to be better? Why are you giving up on them so yeah. so fast? You know, that's what I love about guys like Sadi. He doesn't complain about the squad that it was handed nope. to him. He just works with he it. He works with it. Mourinho doesn't want to work with it. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Who who do you think Roma is going to go by to make exactly. to make everything better? Exactly. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and at the same time, Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho's already gotten more than Paulo Fonseca ever did in his two seasons. Exactly. And that's the thing. So Roma, they probably overextended themselves after they offloaded all this deadwood. Yeah, you know we can't say Tammy Abraham's Deadwood yet. He had some bad touches in the in the game against we'll Napoli. We'll talk about that. But but why 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 bring in this guy when you know you don't have the financial backing? That's right. To to bring the players he wants. So it's kind of hard. It's hard to blame Mourinho. Everyone's at fault here. Mourinho he's pigheaded and doesn't want to adapt his coaching style. And then it's the freakins for being naive and thinking. Yeah, we can bring Mourinho here and 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 think this project's going to work. It's not going to work yeah. at the end of the day. It will not work no, under Mourinho. Because he is as flexible as this piece of steel I'm touching right here. Yeah. The guy doesn't bend, and he's not going to go bend for Roma. No. And this is the last chance for sal- last chance saloon for Mourinho. Yeah. No big team's ever going to hire him after no. this. So someone, something has to change. Either him or the Friedkins are going to have to get rid of this guy and and find a manager who's going to want to develop young kids. They had that manager. They did have that they manager. They hired a sporting director to support that manager. And then they got rid of it. And him. then they yeah. threw it all away, which boggles my mind about this club. Sorry, I, I went on a little bit of a rant there. No, I hope Roma fans see now what a good job Paolo Fonseca did. Because I know there's a lot of Roma fans that weren't happy with the way Paolo Fonseca handled it. you got to remember, Paolo Fonseca, and I know this is... The past is the past, and let, let's move on. Don't be stuck on this. I'm still sour about it because this is a guy that didn't get the financial flexibility that Jose Mourinho has seemed to gotten at Roma. $40 million for Tammy Abraham. Uh, who else has he brought in? Aldo. He brought in Rui Patricio, $11 million. His Yeah, out of his boys, Rui Patricio and Tammy yeah. Abraham are the what two is, guys what's he the, What does Paulo Fonseca get? Paulo Fonseca gets a slap on the wrist. Like that, That's what he gets. This is the squad we have. Work with it. And he did, and he brought them to a semifinal against Manchester United. And Darbo in the Europa and, League. You know, Darbo and VR look good under him. Yeah. Kambula had some great performances see, under him. That's what that's what drives me nuts, especially about Gonzalo Villar. I want to talk about him for a second. Gonzalo Villar is a guy they were labeling as the next Sergio Busquets. Uh he was actually called to represent Spain at the at the uh at the Olympics, but Roma wouldn't release him. Um because it would interfere with the training camp. So here is somebody the Spanish and we all know how Spain is about developing their national talent. They take them young, and if they see something, they're going to take them and develop them. So, so obviously, there's something it, there. There's something there, and I know there's something there. But so, why are you playing Gonzalo Villar in an unnatural position? Gonzalo Villar is not a midfielder to play behind the striker. Everybody knows that he sits back deep. That's what Spain was hoping to develop this guy into, and that's the that's how he plays. And You've basically put, and he's got no minutes this season, so you throw him in. We're going to put you attacking mid right behind Borja Mayoral. This is going to be your first opportunity. He's probably never going to get another opportunity this season. That's a shame. Yeah, and talk about the management side of things. Yeah. You deny this kid going to the Olympics, 
so that he can have a training camp where he doesn't even get to see a minute until yeah. he goes up to the north the arctic over there yeah and now you're sending him to the stands in the game against napoli yeah it makes how's that supposed how 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 are you supposed to yeah like people just got to think what were you like when you were 21 22 yeah 23 in your early 20s you know it's easy to get your confidence rocked oh 100 percent easy 100 percent to start doubting yourself yeah. you think he's not supporting these guys that's like i said my biggest beef with Mourinho is he's not a coach yeah he doesn't want to be a coach yeah he just wants to bring the big names in like i said he obviously knows this game he knows how to read a player probably like nobody else i you got to give him credit for that yeah but at the same time like we said i think yeah he's not a good coach no he's not and he's ruining another guy in borja Mayoral, yeah. another guy that was called up for the olympics and said nope you're not going yeah and what do you expect the guy to do that's getting five minutes here and there and throw yeah. him into a game in Norway? He's a good manager of superstars, not a good coach. No, definitely not. So that that's that's more than enough about that that humiliation there. Um, let's get into the City A. Yeah, let's years. get into the City A because City A was really interesting this past week for match day nine. Everyone, a lot of drop points. There's yeah, really realistically the, only one team one club that 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 gained some traction and that was ac milan here and but we'll 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 definitely talk about that but let's let's jump right in let's let's go with the scores so torino big three to two victory over genoa yeah huge ballardini pressures on him he's got um, it, it's time it's, it's going over. it's gonna he's, happen he's doing exactly what we thought yeah. he would do i'm uh, telling you they're gonna fire him and beppe Acchini's coming in that the man be, in the hat that would just be just as stupid but but that there's nobody something else out there. will do it's something that we do i know well, if there's one thing Beppe Iacchini good at, he'll keep you in the city. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's the one thing. That's true. But just shout out to Antonio Sanabria. Fantastic Terrific game. Terrific game. Ivan Juric is Torino's playing yeah. fantastic. I mean, And he's given Saldi to a second life who had a terrific yeah. game. Shame he was subbed out due to injury. But You want to talk about managers that know how to coach? Players? This is a coach. This is a coach. He yes, he did complain about the players a little bit, but he's working with what he has exactly, and he makes them tough to beat. Yeah, he, the thing is, in the media, he's not throwing them under the bus like the manager we just talked about. That which I don't understand. He's done this multiple times. He throws players under the bus, but Judic, you see, he had his complaints. I think it was more so with the president than the actual players. Make you know promises that were kept about transfers, but this is a guy you work with what you have, and look what this guy does punches above his his weight class same with yeah. we'll talk about uh, uh, probably the best manager in city i will get to that game um but yeah judich outstanding outstanding, outstanding. but want to give another quick shout out to a guy who's got six goals now mattia destro la nazionale <laughs> have to be looking at him they're 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 well mancini was we were actually talking about it off the air i think last podcast about the this luca kid on pisa yeah and turns out mancini went to go watch him and ivani went to go watch him so listen the way the strikers are playing for the la nazionale anyone yeah. anyone and, and yeah i know what all you listeners are thinking oh my god a city of b player no this guy's this guy's rumored to go to either inter juve or roma in january so yeah there there's this guy will be in city yeah. uh Le- leading goal scorer in city i'd be right now anyone yeah. wants to this take a guy look will him. be uh this guy will be in city uh, very very quickly but uh congratulations to torino well deserved let's move on to uh another team from liguria yes so another ligurian derby here yeah sampdoria two to one victors over la spezia the guy continues the I, don't have the to, I don't even have to say yeah Kandreva. Kandreva scores another goal on Un- unbelievable he's on fire he is on fire i don't know 
if it warrants, uh, I mean, if he keeps doing it, why not? Why not bring him back to yeah. the I don't know how he fits into the team, but he's been outstanding. Sampdoria doing what they had to do. Spezia, uh, like we said, they're falling apart. They play yeah. a beautiful attacking game. Out possess Sampdoria, outshot them. More shots on target. Kept the Miladero busy. But this is what Spezia does to everybody. Yeah. They just don't know how to win games. They can't play like this a full 90 minutes. No. They, they get exposed. They can't. They must have been listening, though, because did you see who started up top? Gabbiadini and Caputo. Difference it made. Dropped quags. So. Dropped quags. Yeah, we said no that one, last week, no right? No, there's a midweek fixture, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it did make a difference. Gabbiadini coming back. Uh, yeah. Can't remember if this was his first game back. No, second his injury, game. second game back. But he looked, he looked decent. He did. He looked really good. So Sampdoria getting a much needed two to one victory there over Spezia. And can I just say actually too, Daniele Verde's goal. Yeah. What a shot that was. That was unreal. Uh, Adero didn't even know he was going to shoot from that angle. Nope. What a rocket that was. Yeah. Now let's move on to another game. Empoli Salernitana. Talk about managerial messes salerno just firing custody bringing in oh. stefano colantuano goes down four nil at the first half strips the takio of the captaincy gives it to ribery who yes played good uh, he's you know trying to i guess make a name for himself saying this is my team making changes like this i don't understand and the even started in the midfield to top yeah. it off so he starts him and strips some of his captaincy it must be very strange in that change room right now yeah it must be it, it, it really must be and he's already come out and said everything is going to have to go through Frank Ribéry. So he's already labeled that. I don't know Frank Ribéry at this age. I think he's a fantastic player still. He he had a really good game. He did. He had an amazing game. I don't think he's. I don't think he can carry you to safety. Listen, listen, Salerno. They played. They, a they very had a good much second better half. second half. Very good second half. Yeah, Bonazzoli. The they were just shell shocked in the first half. Yeah, Bonazzoli came out. He looked excellent. Uh, started, but yeah, they started the game so so poorly but it's because they want to play this Stefano feels like his team should be playing this offensive game and can you blame him they got good offensive players but I mean if Ampoli Patrick Cotrone finally broke his uh, goal of stock and Pinamonte another two goals talking about another striking form the way they ripped these guys apart yeah made them pay Salerno they look worse under Stefano I know it's only been one game but they look worse yeah than they did under Custodi, if, if you ask me personally. No, and, they did. And this was against a Serie B rival yeah. that, that just got promoted. So wait till they face, not Empoli's having a decent season, obviously, but wait till they play. The bigger dogs. <laughs> yeah, you cannot play the way they played. 100%. On to Sassuolo, Venezia. Sassuolo, 3-1 to one victors over Venezia here. Yeah, Scamacca, Raspadori, Berardi get in the the start. The trio, Italian trio, Fratesi in the middle. They do. They 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 don't have to. Get, Scamacca doesn't have to get on the score sheet to make a difference. No, in this he's, game. he's what he does off the ball, too. He's he's fantastic. Just a fantastic striker. He is. He keeps the center backs preoccupied, and it gives guys like Domenico and Giacomo the space to do what they got to yeah. do. Jurić too. He had a fantastic game until he got hurt. Uh, but it's nice to see Fratesi, the way he's replaced Locatelli. It's been impressive. He's done, he's done very well. Um, another name for La Nazionale, maybe, in that midfield. Um, but the medical Barardi, our Calabrese brother, what a goal again. He's carrying the Sassuolo team. True captain. He He's a... He's a rock. He's, he, he's, he's a, a rock. He's he's a phenom, Barardi. I, I think he's one of the best players in Serie A. And uh, Sassuolo, much need a win. Yeah, 
hands down. Against a stubborn Venezia, who yeah. actually impressed me a, a little bit this season. Yeah, they're punching above their weight out of the relegation zone. So, on to the next game, Milan four to two victors over Bologna. What a game! What a game this was. Yeah, this was a wacky game. Yeah, red card in the first half for Bologna. Sumaro, last man challenge. Uh, yeah, it was one 0 at that point. Rafael Leal getting a nice goal. Yeah, he's doing fantastic. And then Calabria, like you said, another goal. Bologna. Yeah, I, what a weird game to come back to tie two two and then to get another red card with Roberto Soriano, which it was. He was trying to block across from. Uh, yeah, I think it was Baloture, and he got his studs up on him. And then and then that was it. It was Milan just came back. It was a wonder goal that. Benasser scored a beautiful volley outside the box. Yeah. I mean, you got to win dirty. They didn't play good. They won dirty. But Milan cannot be playing like this. No. You're not going to... You're not going to win the City out playing the way they won. This, no. It was a very fortunate win. Yeah. I mean, Hellas Verona too. I understand the injuries and stuff. They're getting the job done. So it's good. Six points. But volleys outside the... The box, if that's what it's going to take to win games, yeah, they got to change something in the system. Oh, 100%. The, the system, the way they're attacking, it's not. It's weird to say because they scored four goals, but it was a struggle for a two win. Well, for sure, it was a struggle more than it had to be. For I sure, think yeah. is the best way I can put it. But it's just, it's a strange Milan. It's kind of I'm getting vibes of last season. I yep. l- I like the way they play. I like the the players they brought in. But I'm getting those vibes from them again last season where they went on a tear and they kind of. It got a little bit wobbly. The wheel started falling off. They never recovered. Now, yeah. they started strong. They're already at that wobbly stage. And let's see. Pioli's doing a good job right now of keeping it together. But let's see. If it goes off its course, um, it, it could be tough for them. Oh, big time. Big time. But still one at the end of the day. They're the biggest points. winners of this weekend. Tied for first place now at Napoli yeah. at the top. No. Congratulations to Milan there. Moving on. Atalanta Udinese 1-1. Gasparini sent off. One of the one of the four more managers sent off than players this this yeah. weekend. One of the one four of the sent four. off. Uh, Atlanta were heavy favorites going into this game. Udinese to me looked toothless, and they somehow Beto again. Yeah, squeeze out a win. Three goals for this guy, Beto. Yeah, uh, tying goal in the ninety fourth minute, right at the right at the dead. Gasparini really frustrated with the ref. Uh, but this was a tactical battle. This is Gasparini having no killer instinct in his team. No. Um, no. Got to give credit to Gutti for sticking to his guns and eventually earned them a valuable point for the Nanza. This, this is for an Atlanta team that is supposed to finish in a Champions League spot. <laughs> this is... Yeah, they're strange. Like they, so they're, they, they go after they go after a team like Manchester United who's going to kill you on the break, but they don't go after a team like Udine. It's strange, yeah. Because what are they scared of? Udine is going to catch them on the break. They go yeah. play a more defensive game at Atalanta this game. I don't. I didn't understand it. Yeah. See, he decides to go defensive against a defensive team. It I, I maybe no it works because you draw them out, but it, his approach was off again for this yeah. game. And Gasparini has no one but to blame himself. I think he got this 100%. game wrong. Hundred percent. I think he's. Uh, I think people are starting. I think other managers are starting to figure him out, too. That's another combination there. So Atalanta, you know, two huge points lost here. This should have been a. This should have been a three points, especially if you're going to maintain your stance in in Europe. This is very disappointing draw for you. 
But uh, on to the next game, Fiorentina Cagliari. Fiorentina just smacking Cagliari, three nothing. A little bit of controversy with Vlahovic not wanting to take the penalty and giving it to Biragi, who's not good enough to play for La Nazionale. Apparently, he's you know he's only playing for one of the top seven teams in Italy, yeah. one of the very few left back Italians we have. Yeah. But he's not good enough. For those of you that think that Emerson's better, you guys are freaking crazy. But, but yeah, Baragi. Enough said. <laughs> this was this was the Fiorentina yeah, show. This this made this up. This is the Fiorentina yeah, show. Yeah, this made up for their draw, which we never got to cover, of course, because it was on the Monday. Their draw against Venezia. Yeah, which was disappointing. Um, which was disappointing because they'd be higher up the table in the top four. But yeah. it was a good rebound. Yeah. Good. Uh, it's a good reaction you want to see from your team, and yeah. they they just great rotation. <laughs> they in that smash there. this team. Looks like they got two solid goalkeepers, Terracciano. He's good enough to be a starter, Tedeciano. Yeah. Dragowski, his starting spot might be in jeopardy if Tedeciano yeah. keeps us up. Yeah. Great to see Ricky Saponara. Had a fantastic game. Uh, I just think this team is very well organized, very well managed. They were very disappointed with that draw with Venezia. And I think uh, they just wanted to make an example out of Cagliari. And yeah. they certainly did. Yeah. And I, and I like the way they handled that Vlahovic controversy in the in the media. Yeah. Um, you know, Beragi being a good captain and just Coming sweep in. it in under the carpet. You yeah. know, he just explained it as we have a rotation. Sometimes he doesn't want to take penalties. I'll take him. And usually I take the free kicks and he decided to take the free kick, yeah. which he, I think he scored, right? He scored. So <laughs> this guy, that's how he explained it. You know, we just decided to switch roles. What do we think of this guy? Is this guy going to be a phenom or what? Vlahovic the real deal or, or is he another Piontek? I don't think he is. I don't think he's a Piontek. No way. I don't think he has more. He has a better touch than Piontek, and he's not one-dimensional. No, nope. uh, he's fantastic. He's he's a good player. Um, the Serbian bubble, they call him. I mean, yeah, I would like to see him stay another two years at Fiorentina and keep doing this. It's not gonna happen. He's but, going to Spain next year, which is unfortunate. Serie A is gonna lose. It'll another be. Talent, it will which is be irritating. But if it, if he does go where he's rumored to go, and that's Atletico Madrid, it'll be amazing to see what this guy will do under Diego Simeone. It would be, or it could ruin him because, let's face it, going because he's the big boy now at this team. Yeah. And when you not, go to a, the big team and you're no longer the big boy, you're gonna have to go against Luis Suarez and Griezmann. And Anhal Karea, it's how you how you gonna how you gonna adapt when you're not the big boy. Yeah. In Serbia too, he's he's the guy up top. Yeah. So that that can change your whole dynamic as a player. So I think uh, for me personally, if I was his agent advising, obviously the agent doesn't care because he wants his pay right of too. Course. So he's gonna get, go for the biggest transfer. But if I was consulting him, I'd say Vlavic, you should just stay another two years. Yeah. And and become the superstar of this team. Oh, 100 percent. That way, when you go to it and get your big transfer, or yeah. you, just, you are the guy. You're going there as the guy. You're not going there as a as a question mark starter. Yeah. So I think he should stay and develop his name a little bit more. But Any thoughts on Cagliari, or they're just a mess? They're a mess. Walter Mazzari, like I said, I have respect for him, what he's done in the past. You know, He's finite. He did a terrific job at Napoli and stuff like that. He you know, was a little bit of a mess at Inter. But yeah, Walter Mazzari, he's another guy. Out of touch. Yeah, it's been too long. He's been out of the game. And the downfall of this Cagliari team from what it was two seasons ago, it's it's unbelievable. This was a team that was going to be flirting with Europe at one point. At one point. Ago. They were sitting fifth for yeah. like three quarters of the season until they had a, now, a drop. And now they're, I think, setting They'll be lucky if they... Last. I think they're going to... 
I think they're going to go I'm, down. It's shocking. It's shocking. It really I, is. And I don't think Mazzotti's the guy to save him. No, definitely not. Maybe Beppe, the relegation survivalist <laughs> specialist. You love him, man. Roma need him. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not fighting for relegation. But let's talk about the manager right now. Let's talk about Hellas Verona, 4-1 to one over Lazio. Igor Tudor con- continues. Hands, for me... Wow. Hands, hands down the best manager in Serie A. Why did Udinese let this guy walk? Udinese let him walk. Pirlo brought him in as, as his assistant. So I see why. Do we do we think, was this more of an Andrea Pirlo run well, with I, Juve? I, I or was that, it more of an So I tweeted that. I actually tweeted that for us and on our Tifosi account. And yeah, but you can see why Tudor and Pirlo butted heads. Yeah. Because Tudor sees the game completely different oh, from the way... We could see how his Hellas Verona plays and the way yeah. Juve played. And there was comments made between the two. And he got fed up and he no longer was working with Pirlo because Pirlo wanted to play and pick players the yeah. way he wanted to do it. But obviously Tudor <laughs> knows this game pretty damn well. And he's willing and can turn average players into into superstars. Yeah. I mean, this is the best offensive team in City A. Yeah, they're just... They're Since on, he's been at the helm. They're on fire. Like they have, this team has no problem scoring goals. Yeah, this is Lazio, this, who's inconsistent, but they smash Lazio. They smash them. Giovanni Simeone, four goals, and against four goals. And if you didn't see that second goal, it was a screamer from outside. Yeah. What was the last time Giovanni Simeone had a great game that anyone could remember? He's confident. That's huge. He's confident, and he's just he's hungry to impress and. Listen, this is a team, this is the exact same team that had that (laughs) brief run with Eusebio Di Francesco. There's no difference in this team. It's the exact same team. This is the definition of a difference that a manager makes for you. And this will single-handedly put the final nail in Eusebio Di Francesco's coffin because people are going to look at what Igor Tudor is doing with this Hellas Verona team and knowing that you say Di Francesco was doing with the same squad, and they were in the relegation zone. Oh, it's night and day. It's it is night and day. It's it's insane what this team is doing. They were unlucky to lose to Milan. Very unlucky to lose to very, Milan. Very very unlucky. Yeah. And they just bounced back, and they just smashed this Lazio team. Lazio now going into uh, Retiro. We talked about them already. They're kind of there's a lot a little bit of controversy in the Lazio camp and. Cheeto getting a goal in here due to a Montipo mistake, but who he kind of recovered after that. He had an okay game, Montipo. Yeah, you got to give Montipo credit there. That like, a goal like that can really shatter a goalkeeper's confidence in a game, and uh, he just bounced back and yeah, he and was this, fine. This was the Benevento goalie too from last year. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. The, like this team. You know, we're not yeah. talking about household names. We're talking about Corey Gunter who yeah. scored that own goal against Milan. Dadovic, who was a sub in some games uh, under Di Francesco Casale. You know, there's these guys. The majority of people wouldn't know these names. The captain is bloody is is Miguel Veloso. Still, still kicking around. Still kicking and, around. And he's got him playing phenomenal football. Yeah. yeah. He, Tudor has impressed me the most so yeah, far this been, season. He's been absolutely fantastic. He'll be snapped up by somebody. He will be. Yep, one hundred percent. He'll be snapped. If up. you're a top, if you're a top team and you're not considering this guy, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Any every top team in City I should be looking at Tudor. hundred percent. hundred percent. Fantastic four to one run. Hellas Verona are still on the rise. Sixteen to nine on shots for Verona. 
16 to 9. Okay? Let that sink in for a second. And I'm telling you guys right now, whoever's listening, this is the best offensive team in City A right no, now. No, they are. They're fat. They're just brilliant. This is And this is an offensive th- team with their three strikers are Giovanni Simeone, Nicola Kalinic, and Kevin Lasagna. Lasagna. With Antonin Barak and Gianluca Antonin, Caprari yeah. Yeah. behind them. We're just here <laughs> shaking our heads like... That's crazy. But congratulations to Hellas Verona. They're just continuing to rise. Watch out. Anybody that's got to play them in this, uh, coming up, watch out. It's a tough game, yeah. Tough game. But now let's move on to the final two games, two big derbies. The penultimate game. Derby de la Sole. 0-0. Zero, zero. Bounce back from... 0-0. Zero, zero. Intense, intense 0-0. Zero, zero. You can it, feel the tension in the yeah, stadium. Yeah, it was an intense 0-0. Zero, zero. Roma at home. Roma are a different team at home. Mourinho obviously putting out his strong... Mourinho gets a red card in the game. Yeah, yeah, gets two, two yellows. Two yellows. He kicked I, that water bottle right to the freaking stands, man. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, you can see he looked very anxious on the bench, very tense. Yeah. You can tell he's not liking uh, being under the microscope of the Italian meter right now. No. He he definitely felt the pressure yeah. of this game. And to him, I don't know. He says it's a good result. Do you think it's a good result against Napoli at home? A 0-0 draw? It's mixed feelings. It's mixed feelings. This is a game that I think the way Roma played, the chances we had, we just didn't capitalize. And that's been the, that's been Roma's story. I mean, you had the one clear-cut chance. It was basically two chances each, and they both didn't finish them um, for both Roma and Napoli. But the big one was the one from Brian Cristante feeding Tammy Abraham, and Tammy Abraham not able to, to finish the job. $40 million... Like has to finish that. It, it that has to that that is for anyone that didn't see it. It was a through ball right through the middle. You're not, Tammy, and it hits the back of his heel. And yeah, there's there's no better opportunity. And you're a forty million striker. And there's a lot of Roma fans that are saying, "Oh, well, we paid forty million for potential." Are you kidding me? No, that has to be in the back of the net. I think if that's another striker, that's in the back of the net. I think if that's El Dorado, Shamorodov, that's in the back of the net. I even think if that's Borja Mayoral, that's in the back of the that, net. That's why I have I have a I have trouble saying it's a good result because Roma actually created the chances to win this game. They did. And they shut down Napoli. Napoli didn't really do much. No. So the, the response was good, but like for me as a neutral, I felt Roma dropped the ball big time and they did. They could this was a game they should have got three points yeah. from. The one thing that it was I was really happy to see was uh this is one of the only games this season, and I can't believe we're saying this nine games in that it's the only game this season where the midfield actually supported the defense. Where Cristante and Vertu actually supported Ibanez and Mancini. Uh, Karsdorp had a game and a half. He was just a nuisance up and down the flank. Same with Vigna. Vigna, yeah. that was probably the that was probably the one game. Okay, now I can see why they got this guy. That's the first time I've been able to say that all season. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, the top was was where the problem was. Unable to to finish the chances, and and then again, I mean, Mourinho not thinking he has anybody in the rotation, so he, he yeah. brings on El Dorado. And he, he, yeah, he only used two subs. Yeah, he only used two subs. So he for, only, because he doesn't believe in that second team. He only brings on Shamorodov in the 85th minute. Like, th- this guy deserves a chance to start a game like this. This is a guy that has the has the minutes, has the num- has the minutes under. Or to come on earlier. Like we're talking about an 86-minute sub, yeah, substitution. It, it made no sense why Shamorodov was coming on with four minutes left. Um, 
And then uh, again, you know, the typical Jose Mourinho that I do, I think he's okay, but I, I don't understand this obsession with El Sharawi. I really don't. It's because he doesn't think anyone's good enough, right? Yeah, but he loves him. It's 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 crazy, and and then at the same time, he sent uh, he sent five players to the stands: Reynolds, Kambula, Mayoral, Darbo, and Diawara. No, Darbo was on the bench, I think. Um, but but to go on that point, like I get it. Anyone that's played any type of sport at a high level, yes, coaches have the license to ream you out. It happens. It's happened to me before in uh, sport. I understand it, but it's the way he goes about it in the media. He had, it, you know, it wasn't enough to just send him, send him to the stands. It's he had to announce it in the media. Yeah, after the game, he basically said the same guys that played are going to play in the next game, in the game after that. The and you know why? You know why? But you know why that. he also said he sent them to the stands because it ruined. He didn't say it directly, but if you read in between the lines, it's because it ruined his reputation, and that record has his name on it, yeah. that loss. It's because his name's attached to that, and these guys were the cause of it, that he that he did that. Because now he's associated with the worst loss in, yeah. so far in Conference League history. Yeah. Uh, just, it's unbelievable, the ego on this guy. Seriously. The selfishness. It is. Pits himself before the players. Yeah. But let's let's kids, talk, kids. Let's let's go on the other side here. Let's talk about Napoli a little bit. Yes. Uh, Luciano Spalletti. I feel really bad for him. He, all he did was say "good game" to the ref, and he got a red card because the ref <laughs> that, thought it was sarcasm. His, his facial expression was. But like even <laughs> Manette, you can see like, well, I just said "good game." Like, what's wrong with some? You? If you haven't seen it YouTube, it, it was it was funny. It, that was the highlight of the yeah. season. So like, I didn't see me. any sarcasm there. He just clapped and said, bravo, Daniele. Or yeah. if that was the ref, bravo, bravo. <laughs> and then the ref, right away, boom, straight red. A sarcasm and straight red. Oh, his face, that was uh, that was hilarious. Yeah, but Napoli, just, that doesn't feel like they really showed up for this game. No, not, Napoli did nothing. They they just kept a solid two, you know, solid block of four. Yeah. I mean, two banks of four. Uh, they were looking to utilize the wings of the behind Mateus uh, Vigna there. Uh, that's what they're trying to do, but it never worked. You know, Ozyman was too isolated. I think it was uh, Politano became too isolated. Uh, up top, they tried hitting him on the wing there. But they they went there for the draw. Uh, Napoli. Napoli. Yep. They went there for the draw. They went there for the draw, but that that's two points. That's why f- for them it's a good point. I know you can look at it as two points drop, but at the end of the day, they're still first place. With Milan. With Milan. Still undefeated. Roma's a hard place to go to and play. Yeah, the Olympic is a hard draw. place to play. That's why, for me, it's more drop points for Roma than it is Napoli. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, 0-0. Zero, 0-0, zero. Zero, zero. but now from one derby to another, a little controversy here. <laughs> controversy. We call it controversy. This shit happens every goddamn time. I'm going to talk as an Inter fan. I'll talk as unbiased, but I'm going to talk as an Inter fan right now. You need to. Every goddamn time these two teams play, there's always controversy. Okay, now Just I'm gonna piss off a lot of Juventini right That's now. That's fine, but it's no wonder everyone hates Juve outside of Serie A because it's because of shit like this. It's like watching the WWE. It really is. It's like sorry. It's like Undertaker going to WrestleMania. You know he's gonna go, and you know it's he's gonna win. It's predetermined. He's gonna win. 
undefeated Undertaker, right? His entire career. Well, I think he lost. Did one he lose one? He lost one but or anyway, two. One or two. He lost one out of like 36 of fights. Career. You know Undertaker's going to go and he can get his ass kicked, but he's going to come back and win. It's like Bret Hart too. Bret Hart is going to go against Shawn Michaels, fucking kick his ass for an hour. And then at the end, he's going to get screwed over by the ref. He's going to get the chin music <laughs> to the chin and it's game over. That's the way it is with these games. It's like, you know, any Inter fan, I know UA fans will say Inter fans, that's all they do is whine. They whine because of shit like this. Yeah. The penalty call. I know we haven't even talked about the game, but we're going to talk right about the penalty call. The penalty call was a complete farce. It's a joke. Now. Is it a foul, though? This is what I'm going to get into. So let's analyze it like this. In the live game, the ref is literally a foot away looking directly at the play. Dumfries comes late to the ball. Alexandra gets her first, tips it. No chance of scoring a goal. Nothing. It's a nothing play. Right on top of the 18. His foot is in the in the box. His body's outside the box. Yep. Uh, his foot definitely gets clipped. No doubt about it. Ref looks at it. Dead on. Resumes play. Nothing. No UV player shouts penalty. Nothing. Play continues, goes down the field. Absolutely nothing. Not one UV player put up their hand to contest for a penalty shot. The ref didn't even think twice about it. Okay? Game resumes. Ball goes out for throwing. Immediately, he's touching his ear. Var's in his ear. And then they tell him to go look at the replay. They go put it in fucking super slow-mo, which makes everything look worse than it is. Then he says, please give me the angle, the lateral angle. I want to see directly where his foot crosses the line, and he sees contact. He's not even looking for how hard the contact is because you can't tell in slow motion. He's just looking to see if it was in the box. it's, It's just... It was the softest penalty ever. So in live game, the ref has his football hat on. He has his football brain in his skull right at that point. He's analyzing, okay, I'm a football guy. I know. He barely got touched, not scoring. That's never a penalty. Okay? Everyone knows that's not a penalty. But then you got the VAR guy. He's going to want to get involved in the game. Starts looking at the replay. Now you're starting to put on your lawyer hat, and you're starting to go into details. You're starting to look at the rule book line by line, dissect everything. Oh, is this a foul in the box? Did he make contact in the box? This and that. Yeah. Letter of the law right there. It's a penalty. So you're putting on your lawyer letter of the law hat under VAR, and then you got your football hat in live. And that's the part that irritates me. You can, you could call five penalties a game if you want to go letter of the law yeah. through VAR. You could go five times a goddamn game. You'd get penalties every game. If shit like that's called. To me, it's not a penalty. Every Juve fan I talked to felt it was a it was a fortunate penalty for. And that's yeah. from Juventina themselves saying that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not you know, it, it's just it's so frustrating that they were saying thank God. Yeah, they we were saying that. thank God. Thank God we got that call because they didn't play good. They played a good second half, but it's just it's embarrassing. Like this is there's no big games going on. At that time, you had Manu earlier in the day. You had the Classico. So, like, this is a full day of football. And then people could top it off with an amazing game, the Derby d'Italia, which is supposed to be the biggest game in Italy. And what do you get? More of the same shit that everyone gets. And you know what the reaction is on social media? Is go figure, look at Juve, never Calciopoli. Obviously, we know it's not that. But that's that's the yeah. the view from the outside. And it's just embarrassing yeah. that, yeah. that that's how these games are being 
decided as on is on the ref's whistle not even the refs by the var official it's it's a complete farce but enough about that it, it was a, it was the wrong call at the end of the day terrible call it the way the var was used was wrong because it wasn't a clear and obvious error either so i don't know why he's blown for it yeah because it's only supposed to be used if it's a clear and obvious error so i don't know i hope i explain myself well there but it that that to me just ruined that whole game but to me it's not a surprise we knew the penalty was coming i was watching it with my wife i said the ball is going to score it's going to be a penalty hands down and look what happened right there uh but let's talk about the game enter themselves didn't play good they scored because of a lucky chance kalanoglu taking a shot outside 18 curled beautiful shot hit the the upright bounce rate to jacko first react pops it in the net uh goal Simone Inzaghi now let's talk about this a little bit is Simone Inzaghi the right guy to bring a Scudetto to enter no why not he's just not that coach that can do it I agree I, I don't think he's a winner from what I've seen he doesn't seem like a winner yeah he does not know how to kill a game we're talking about killer instinct here he has the same problems Gasparini has this guy you are playing against the Juve who is low on confidence definitely not the Juve of, of old, so they can definitely be got at. This is one of the best enters in, in years. Yeah. Off a of, off a of championship. And this is what you're doing. You're not taking the game. You're playing scared against them. Uh a team that benched Kies and Dibala to start the game. Okay, so the, really there was no offensive threat except for Marata. Uh I, I just don't understand why you score a goal and Zagi and then he sits back. I know, okay, if they won it would have been master class. Sure. But Inter didn't do anything. They barely created anything. And yeah. yes, you got to give credit to, you know, Bonucci, Chiellini. They played a, a good defensive game. Locatelli wasn't good on the ball, but he played a good defensive game in the midfield. I thought um, it's just it's it's just frustrating, Simone Inzaghi, what, what this team has turned into. Yeah. I mean, the, the management, they didn't bring any. They literally just brought in like-for-like like replacements of less quality. So it, it's just... Simone Zaghi has to figure something out. He's got to find a way to win games, change up the system, stop playing scared. You are champions. Teams should be scared of you. That's what made Juve so great the last 10 years plus, is teams were defeated before they even stepped on the field with them. Yeah. And, and that's what enters lacking. To, to bring it to Juve, Allegri, I got to give him credit for kind of the way he approached this game. I know a lot of Juve fans aren't happy with the way they've been playing, sitting back a little bit too much. Yeah, the lineup to Bernadeschi getting another start, pulling out injured in his shoulder. I, I saw what they were trying to do. A lot of diagonal balls to the wings, trying to get him behind uh, our wing backs, the inter wing backs. And it, it was working. They were causing threats. But again, Juve toothless, more so toothless. They were never going to score unless a penalty happened. Um, but they looked they looked solid. You could see Allegri, him and his assistant were going back. How do we break down this inter team? And they were, they were puzzled. I mean, inter... Inter had Juve beat this game, yeah. but yeah, just just a frustrating game. What did you see? Yeah, I, I said whoever was going to score first was going to win this game, and it was leaning towards an Inter because once Inter, yes, they were fortunate to get that goal, but once they did, it was it was a it, to them. yeah, it was such a bad game yeah. from two top teams. That's that's how I think it, it rolled out. It had one nothing written all over it. Fortunately, VAR comes in and. 
gives that soft penalty and then you end in a 1-1 draw. So, I mean, if you're Inter, you feel hard done by it. And Simone Inzaghi also getting a red card <laughs> too. So, yeah. he's it was very upset with the call. I don't blame him. I don't agree with the call. Um, I'm I'm in that bowl where I don't think you award that penalty. It was really, really, really soft. And um, like the contacts there, but he barely touched. Yeah, it. it's 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 definitely a, a an opportunity missed for both squads. Basically, keeps Juve down there. What's for now, but Juve now. they're they're, they're close. coming. They're coming up. They're they're, coming. they're slowly gaining points, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're they're not playing. But like, what do you think of this Juve team? What do you think about them? They don't impress me. I think they're garbage. I really do. Um, I, what do you think about him dropping Dybala and Chiesa? I don't understand that, to be honest with you. Dybala is all he has. I, he he rides and dies by Dybala. And then Chiesa, Chiesa's a guy that shows up for big games. He's he, he's a fantastic Italian player. You could tell he was upset. The, the camera panned him a few times on the yeah. bench, and he was upset just, to be on the bench. Yeah, I don't understand it. But this is the Juve I'm kind of scared of because they they they're such garbage, but that they just they get results. So it makes me it makes me angry that a team that this bad. Like if if Roma plays like Juve, we lose hands down. Like yeah, but Juve find a way to do it. Yeah, that's just it. It is. It is annoying because it's annoying. You don't want to see championships won with this kind no. of football, but. If they win, I mean, like, yeah, Dejan Kulusevski. I I didn't understand that sort of a case. Dejan Kulusevski, he's been horrendous. He's been horrendous this season. Yeah, he scored the goal for Zenit against Zenit. Sorry, but uh, did that warrant a start over Chiesa, who's been the maybe the best Italian some, player? Some really questionable. That decisions. guy that just won the best player, the best Italian player of the month. Yeah, and, and you're leaving him on the bench. I don't know, Juve Allegri. It's it's strange. Yeah. It's so strange. But, but they're they're there. They're undefeated. There. I think that's seven games undefeated now. Yeah, they finally conceded. Enter broke the the clean sheet streak. But um, just a very odd, yeah, odd team. Really odd team. But but we know at the end of the season they're gonna be somewhere. I'm telling you, they're gonna be up that one two spot somehow. Know, which is somehow they're gonna be up there. Which is frustrating. Yeah, we're gonna get into the midweek fixtures. So match day ten is in the midweek. And then match day eleven, it's on the weekend. So starting by the time we come back on to Tuesday, you, yeah. by the time we come back to you, the table will be might be flipped. Like that's how crazy this season's been. That's exciting though as a fan. Yeah. So let's just do a speed run. Yeah. Okay. Let's go right away. We got Spezia Genoa, another Ligurian derby. It's like there's one every weekend, but seriously, uh, this is huge because Spezia is. are one point above the safety zone. Genoa in the relegation zone. What do we think is going to happen here? I think. Ballardini wins with Genoa. I think they beat uh, Tiago Motta Spezia. It's a tough one here. It's a tough one. For me, I'm going to say they're going to draw this game. But Matteo Destro is going to score. Ballardini is going to get fired. And Yakini is going to come in. If I, if that happens, I'm playing the lottery. But that's my <laughs> prediction. Um, so Spezia Genoa tie for me. Uh, another huge game here. Venezia Salernitana. Paolo Zanetti. At home with Venezia, I think they're going to win. I, I I love Salernitana. I have a soft spot for them, actually, for some reason this year. Well, I have a big soft spot for them. Um, 
they have potential with this offense, but I think Venezia are just a better organized team, better coach team. I'm taking Salernitana on this one. They can smell blood and they will take it. It's a huge opportunity. Salernitana for the win here. Milan Torino. This is a tough game. I don't think Theo Hernandez is going to play. I think there's they're still missing a ton of players, but Milan are running high against against Juric, though. I think their luck's going to run out a little bit. I think they're going to get a draw. The wheels aren't going to fall off, yeah. obviously, for them. No loss, but it's going to be a, yeah. a tough draw Tony here. Tony aren't going to lose this game. Draw yeah. for me as well. Juve Sassuolo. Juve. Juve will win. It's going to be an entertaining game. Juve will get it done. They're yeah. definitely going to sit back and counter, but I think uh, Juve should win. Their yeah. defense can hold out on Berardi. You hope so. It'd be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see what interests me is what Scamacca is going to do with that yes. back line. I want to see if, if I want to see him go at Chiellini. I want to see him go at Benucci. Yes, I'm not sure if Delict what his status is, but if I want to see a Chiellini Scamacca battle, yeah, because Scamacca, I think Scamacca will throw him around. I I would love to see that, yeah. and because Chiellini's a tough guy and he he'll give it right back. Yeah. So I want to see the way that trio Bonucci, yeah. Chiellini and Scamacca go at it that's what I'm looking for that'll to that be game. a very interesting very interesting game by Juve Juve yeah they win these games that's what their experts absolutely are doing. Uh, Sampdoria against Atalanta Atalanta sneak one out here tough game but they're gonna win to me I think the wheels fall off still for Atalanta the wheels have fallen off and I think Candreva is gonna pull in a man of the match performance and he's gonna be the score of the game winner <laughs> So Sampdoria is going to win this game for me because Sampdoria. This is when Sampdoria shows up. They show up. They show up to these games. So for me, Sampdoria, uh, Udinese, Hellas, Verona. Igor Tudor is going to show you how to break down a team that sits back in their eighteen-yard box. Yep, Hellas, Verona, hands down. Maybe a draw. No, of course, nothing's guaranteed. But Hellas, Verona are not losing this, this game. This is going to be a blowout. Hellas, Verona is going to win this game. Silvestri going up against his old team. Tudor going up against a team he left. For Juve. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but Hellas Verona for me. Uh, Inter and Empoli. In Empoli, I mean, it's two Milanese rejects in Cotrone and Pinamonte going against Inter. I mean, if Inter can't stop Empoli from, <laughs> from winning, then pack up the season, it's over. So Inter should win. They should win. Should win. Should win. I agree. And I, they should be pissed after the midweek, uh, sorry, the weekend result against Juve. And they know oh, they're yeah. going to have to make up ground. Absolutely. Next up, Cagliari Roma. This should be a Roma walkthrough, especially that their starting 11 is playing. This should be a Roma walkthrough. Mourinho won't be on the bench, which would be a nice breath of fresh air for me. Maybe this assistant coach will grow a set of palle and will bring on some different substitutes. We'll see. Roma easy. Roma easy win there. Lazio Fiorentina. This is the highlight fixture. Of the midweek. Let's see if this Tiro does anything for Lazio. Um, I don't think so. Lazio. Yeah. There's too much going on. Too much going on. I'm going to say a draw here just because they're at the uh, Olimpico. So I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to say Fiorentina win. This is going to put people on notice. I think Fiorentina is going to be flirting, if not in the top four, by the time we come back. Nice. So Fiorentina for me. Uh, Napoli, Bologna. I wanted to say I wanted to say Bologna win, but they got uh, Soriano Maratsumaro, two yeah, key, two key players. So, I mean, I think Bologna will get a goal. Musabaro is good for a goal in a game like this, but Napoli at home should win. Yeah, Napoli should win though. Let's move on to match 11. day eleven, and it hits off with a bang. It Atalanta Lazio. It doesn't. Atalanta Lazio on the weekend. Atalanta Lazio. 
Saturday fixture Atalanta Lazio. This is a game that both teams need to win. Big time. Or else they're going to be left behind fighting for the conference league places the way it's going on the table. Yeah. Um, and they're both going to lose in the midweek, so this will be... <laughs> this is going to have to be a bounce-back game for one of them. But Atalanta, I think... I think Atalanta is going to win. But then Atalanta played Manchester United in the midweek fixture of yeah. Champions League after that. So it's not been easy for Atalanta, but... This Atalanta, this will be season-defining... It, this is a season-defining game for the two. This, this gonna, is huge. It's going to end in a draw for me. <laughs> this is huge. I'm excited about this next game. Hellas Verona Juve. Tudor going back to Torino. Oh. Former player, former assistant coach. Oh, he's, man. You know he's going to want to get one up on these guys. He knows these guys better than anyone else. Uh, you know he's going to be... He's going to want to pit one over one of the most successful Serie A coaches in history. Yeah. In Allegri. Is Igor Tudor, Tudor capable of doing it? I think so. I think this is an Igor. This Hellas Verona is flying high. They're playing, like you said, they don't have all these superstar names, but they somehow found a way to make it work, and they are just a constant problem. Like I said earlier in the podcast, they were unlucky to lose to Milan um, in the previous match day. Uh, I think they're going to make up for it, and this is where I think Juve are going to fall apart because I don't think Juve is going to be able to handle it. Hellas Verona is not going to be afraid of Juventus. And Igor Tudor is going to give them the confidence. And the same thing. This is essentially the same Juve team minus Ronaldo from last year. And one of their assistant coaches was Igor Tudor. So these, he's a guy that knows these players inside exactly. and out. This has got Hellas Verona written all over it for me. What do you think? Juventus for okay. me. Okay. So Juve, Jules is telling you to take Juve. I'm telling you to take Hellas Verona. Let's hope for the Miracolo. Hellas Verona win. Uh, Torino Sampdoria. Torino Sampdoria. Torino are going to win for me here in this game. Yep. Torino at home going to win. Sampdoria don't show up to these games. Yeah. Ciao. <laughs> Inter Udinese. This is going to be a tough game. Uh, yeah, because we'll see if how Inter can uh, how Inter can attack against two banks of five. Two, two banks of five, and then <laughs> if if Marco Silvestri is on, he yeah. Udinese when he's on, they're very hard to beat. Uh, but enter at home at the San Siro, it's got to be them. If you're going to be Scudetto challengers, you got to win this game. And Jekyll, for me, if he's healthy for this game, he's the difference. The the big body in the middle of the box there, he's yeah. going to have to do this has what to he be, does. has to be an Inter win, so I'm agreeing. Next up, Fiorentina Spezia. Yeah, interesting game. Uh, Vicenzo Italiano going back to Spezia in this game. Um, easy, easy win. For easy him. three points for Fiorentina here. Sassuolo Empoli. Sassuolo Empoli. Sassuolo. Dionisi going Sass- up against yeah, his old squad, his old squad from squad last too, year. Yeah. So he knows them inside out. That has to work in his advantage. So Sassuolo. Yep. I mean, they got the better quality and players. They're at home. They're at my home. All, yeah, everything is in Sassuolo's favor in this game. Yep. Another big, big, big game at the bottom Venezia Genoa for me Venezia are better organized they just lack that strike Okareki actually we didn't talk about his goal was it another amazing goal in the Venezia game Um, but I think Venezia are going to have it depends if Ballardini's even the coach there anything could you know anything could happen but Venezia for me are a better organized team it probably end up in a draw this game 
To me, I'm going to say Genoa are going to win this game. This is going to be a bounce-back game, and Mattia Desso is going to con- continue his role. So Genoa for me. Next up, another derby. Yeah, derby. But this Campania. derby is trash. <laughs> Napoli, Salernitana, no easily Napoli win. I wish, yeah, we could dissect them more, but Napoli, it's... Yeah. It'll be interesting, anyway, Campania, the exactly. way these guys go at each other. So Napoli win. Here's another game for you, Roma-Milan. This is a big one. Uh, you tell me, can Roma put a dent in Milan and give them the first loss of the season in Serie A? No. 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 You've lost all faith in this team. No. This Roma team. At home. At the Olympico. They're not going to beat Milan. No. No. And no. What's going to happen? What's going to happen is Milan are going to somehow squeak out a win. I have no faith in Roma in big games. It's gonna take uh, it's gonna take a miracle to to pull something. I think we were very fortunate to get a draw against Napoli, um, just with Jose Mourinho's mentality and what he's doing with the squad. So you're gonna run these guys midweek. You're not gonna rotate. Fine. You're gonna run these same guys on the weekend in a massive game at the Olimpico against an AC Milan team that is challenging for Scudetto. Milan are more driven to win this game than Roma is, I think, in my opinion. I just think the locker room is already divided. I have no faith. I hope I'm wrong, but I have no faith. But I'm going to say an AC Milan win here. Roma, for me, is going to be the team that falls out of the top four when we come I back. I know. It's, it's, Mourinho hasn't improved on Fonseca's record against nope. top seven. He has to win this game. He does. To show he is he was an upgrade. But I think, he won't. I think Roma are going to win. And I'm just going to... You know, I think Milan's a better team, but I think it's a bit too much for them between the uh, the big game they played this weekend. You know, against up against Bologna, that random you know drive they had to go right to the end push. I think that was a bit too much for them. Now they got Torino midweek. Now they got Roma, and then after that they got another game against Porto, another tough game with all these injuries. I think it's gotta if they come out of this these four games undefeated, I will be amazed. Uh, so they, they're going to have to drop points somewhere. I said Torino, uh, you know, it could go either way. A win for Milan or a draw on Torino. I don't, th- I don't think Torino is going to beat them. But here, Milan have a legit chance of losing. I think this is where it happens. You're going to have to lose eventually. And I think this is the game where I could see Milan losing. Well, we'll see what happens because just looking ahead at their schedule. So Milan got this game against Roma. Then they got the midweek against Porto. Porto and then they got the weekend against Inter. So... so. It's they got, they're going to have to pace themselves. The fixture list is piling up for Milan tough. This is where their season is going to be decided. Yep. Uh, this this next four, you know, uh, the next two weeks, sorry. Well, Giuliano clearly has more faith than I do. So Giuliano's trying to take the Roma Either win. Either a draw or a Roma win. Giuliano's trying to do that. I'm trying to take the Milan win. I don't think anything is coming out of this game for Roma. Um, on to the na- final game, Bologna-Cagliari. Bologna. Bologna, hands down. And that is match day 11. That sums up today's podcast for you. We will be back at it next Monday, uh, November 1st, to recap a crazy week in Italian football. Um, don't forget to, if you haven't, to follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. Follow us on Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. Follow us on Facebook, Tifosi Football Radio. Send us an email. Send us a comment. 
we would love to hear from you yeah thank you for the guys responding on twitter it's you know it's nice to hear yeah the feedback absolutely and uh, don't forget to like us on youtube and subscribe to us um we are working on pushing those videos out for you yes and shout out to marco romano i know you're listening thank you for the support forza milan good luck good luck i have faith more faith in you guys than i do in my job until next time everybody ciao ragazzi ciao